Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, knowing the resources that are out there, knowing... Okay, I'm not trying to interrupt the show, but I had this random idea I want to share with you and I don't want to forget it. Tell me, tell me, what is it? Okay, so you know how at the start of every new year, birthday, new moon, anniversary, new month, new anything, people find themselves wanting to have a reset, but they're not sure where to start. Mm -hmm, I sure do. What are you thinking? What if we hosted a workshop where we could interact with our listeners to talk about stuff like self-care and self-love? OMG. And we could even have a session about manifestation, leaving toxic relationships and becoming our best selves. Girl, I am so excited. I'm sold. We could call it the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. Yes. Yes. That is it. And, and, and we could even host a live quarterly wind down to check in and build community as we vibrate higher all year. Yo, I love it. I love it. I'm sold. Let's do it. Lady, if this sounds like fun to you, visit newyearworkshop.com and join us for the Vibrate Higher Empowerment Workshop. If you want to release baggage, set intentions, and manifest the life you desire, this is just for you, lady. That's newyearworkshop.com. We can't wait wait to to connect connect with you. the amazing advisors that are literally training to help women like us is really going to be pivotal if we're going to scale and protect our intellectual property as we scale our impact. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E 
B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Okay, lady, you ever meet someone in a professional setting and they become the friend you didn't know you needed? Well, today's special guest is a repeat guest, okay? You might remember her from season nine, episode nine, what every business owner and creative needs to know about trademarking. In addition to being a new friend that Dr. Dom and I absolutely love and adore, she's a badass businesswoman and she's helping us with two very important trademarks that we'll be sharing with you in the near future. Rookie Tajani is the founder creator, and chief Esquire officer of Firm for the Culture. Rookie founded Firm for the Culture after years of serving as an intellectual property attorney in the Silicon Valley office of the top litigation firm in the country. Firm for the Culture was born out of Rookie's passion for the law, social impact, social entrepreneurship, and strategically scaling to create sustainable change. Rookie is a proud Nigerian-American, first-generation professional from the projects of Brooklyn, New York, a graduate of UC Berkeley School of Law, and a member of the New York and California State Bars. Two snaps, okay? (laughs) She loves to cook, sing, and hike. And there is so much more that we can say about Rookie, but let's jump into this juicy conversation. So Rookie the Plug, welcome back. To hey. the Her Space podcast. <laughs> I am so, so, so excited to be here, Dom and Terry. As you noted, like we've become more than just client and attorney, we become business besties. And I'm just, yes. I'm excited to just get this conversation started. There's so many great resources that I want to share with your community. Yay! Yes, we, I listen. They need it. That's why we're calling you Rookie the Plug because <laughs> <laughs> they need this information and they didn't know they need it. So we are going to get started with our quote of the day. And Rookie, this will sound really familiar, <laughs> okay? Because you know how we do. Yes. We get I on your, your social and we do the <laughs> research. So these are your words. So our quote of the day. It's time to own the change you make in the world. Ooh, I love that. I Those are your words. No words. <laughs> Come on, past rookie. I love yes, it. Yes, yes. <laughs> it is time to own the change you make in the world. Absolutely. And it's something that I think is so integral to everything that we do at Firm for the Culture. You know, one of the things that we always say is that if you have something worth making impact, you have something worth protecting. And I think with so many dynamic founders and entrepreneurs and social impact rule breakers and change makers in our world today, really taking ownership over the creativity and the creative contributions that you're making to the culture is really going to help you in terms of making sure that you, you know, form generational wealth from the dynamic contributions that you make to the culture. So it's not simply making a contribution to the culture, but it's owning the contributions that you make to the culture. So yes, I I definitely still align with that quote. And Rookie, we're going to dive into all of the gems and the tea, and they're going to understand by the end of this conversation why we call you Rookie the Plug, because you <laughs> are like the resource gem. I mean, you are just 
you just have so many resources that you share with us that we're so grateful for. But can we just talk a little bit about why you believe it's important for black women to have businesses? Like, why is it important for us to create these businesses in the first place? Oh, my gosh. So if you ever read the book, The Memo, you would know that African-American women are one of the fastest groups of entrepreneurs in the United States, if not the world. And a lot of, you know, the reasons amongst the fact that we are the most dynamic and most innovative people in the world It's also because a lot of the workspaces that we happen to navigate on a day-to-day basis are not necessarily the safest for us. It's been less than five years since the Crown Act passed in California, which made it illegal to be to essentially discriminate against, you know, black and brown people or people with, you know, relatively kinkier textured hair in the workplace. So to have that you know, be the, the law, the law of the land, essentially in California, less than five years ago, it really shows you how slow we've been in terms of progressing towards a more inclusive and safe space. So because of that, I think a lot of black and brown entrepreneurs, specifically women, are really taking it upon themselves to engage the, the the world that they see in ways that allow them to have sustainable income while still being flexible. Another phenomenon that's been happening specifically in light of COVID is, you know, women as mothers taking on the jobs of supervisors, principals, teachers, after school programs, while still working a full nine to five job. So to have an opportunity to really, you know, make sustainable income while still being flexible and engaging childcare, a lot of women are going into entrepreneurship. So knowing the resources that are out there, knowing the amazing advisors that are literally training to help women like us is really going to be pivotal if we're going to scale and protect our intellectual property as we scale our impact. You already dropping. (laughs) information already already and so when you think about over this last two years now Mm. and how many like you said how many women are now branching out into owning their own businesses right yeah Mm -hmm. you have been the witness to so many of this and 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 helping so many women in this process. Absolutely. But you've also been going through this. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us more about your business and how it has changed and grown over the last couple of years? Absolutely. And first of all, thank you so much for acknowledging that as, you know, firm for the culture, as we help entrepreneurs, we're also in the entrepreneurship journey ourselves. We're learning from the dynamic clients that we engage. We are reading books. We are engaging coaching services. We're engaging many of the resources that we're excited to share with you today. So Firm for the Culture is an amazing virtual law firm designed to help social entrepreneurs trademark and protect their brands as they scale their social impact. And it's really interesting because I oftentimes share the story of why Firm for the Culture came into existence. You know, I graduated from a top 10 law school. I am a first-generation college graduate, first-generation law school graduate. I didn't want to become a lawyer because I didn't really see myself in these spaces. And 
once I started to really connect pop culture and creativity to intellectual property, that's how Firm for the Culture kind of came into being. But as I was preparing for this podcast, I was really reflecting on, you know, why I love what we do at Firm for the Culture, in addition to providing dynamic intellectual property strategy, intellectual property protection, and intellectual property advocacy for so many of our amazing clients, we also provide a lot of resources. And this connects back to just me oftentimes being the person, the only person who looked like me in the spaces that I've navigated. So when I was in high school, I was often in the AP classes. When I was in college, I was often in the honors classes. When I was in law school, I went to Berkeley, so I didn't have to be in any particular class not to be to be the only black person there. But, you know, when I was in college, I was valedictorian of both of my majors and I was one of the few who went to a top 10 law school. But I oftentimes wanted to make sure that people who look like me also got a seat at the table. So I was very much of the mindset that we all get to eat. We all get to win. So that doesn't simply look like me sending over links or sending over emails. That looks like us giving full-fledged presentations. So when I found out that I got into a bunch of top 10 law schools and I ultimately chose Berkeley, I then worked with the law school admissions council to give a free workshop on how to get into top law schools, how to draft your personal statement, how to get a great LSAT score, how to get a really strong application together. Because I knew that as the first in my family to achieve this great, you know, to engage this great opportunity, I wanted more people who look like me to be there in the spaces that I navigated with me. It's not, it's no fun, you know, if the homies can't have some, right? So, and then after, you know, I graduated from college, I then went to Berkeley and I, you know, worked for an Obama appointed federal judge. That was a really rare opportunity. I was the only African-American woman in my class at Berkeley that ended up getting a federal clerkship at the time. So as a result, just like I did in college, I I put on a huge program about how to get a federal clerkship, the importance of federal clerkships, how to get into Berkeley Law School, how to get into a top 10 law school. I gave presentations at Yale, at Harvard, at you know Stanford, at all of these dynamic places because I've just been so intentional about making sure that people knew of these dynamic resources that were out there that would help them you know, achieve the things that they've wanted to achieve in the world. So when I started Firm for the Culture, it was, inte- it was first off with the intention to help people with their trademarks and help people with their intellectual property. And we very much do that. We have over 130 clients at this point at all different points in the trademark application process many of whom are registered, many of whom are on their way to registration. And we engage them, you know, throughout the year to an 18-month-long process on a flat fee engagement. But the beautiful thing about what we do and how we do it, specifically administering our services through flat fee engagements, is that we get to really just talk about life. We get to talk about businesses. We get to talk about resources. And it's oftentimes in these discussions that are not necessarily billed by the hour that we're providing so many of these resources that, again, align with what I now see is like an integral part of who I am, aligns with just making sure you have what you need to become successful because I want you to be in these rooms with me. I want you to be in these spaces with me and I want you to thrive just like I've had the opportunity and privilege to thrive in my own right. So entrepreneurship has been a long journey. It's been a hard journey, but I do realize that I have a lot of privileges 
I have a lot of privileges. I get into a lot of doors. I'm in a lot of rooms where I'm still the only one who looks like me. So if there's anything that I can do by way of sharing resources, by way of sharing free legal education, by way of engaging podcast episodes with my business besties, Dom and Terry, then I'm going to go ahead and do that. Not because, you know, it can get me more business per se, but because I want all of us to win. That is so beautiful. And I think back to the conversations we had when we were at brunch mm-hmm. um, off the record. And <laughs> I think about just how you were just so open to share resources. And I think sometimes there's this narrative that some of us yeah. may believe in or subscribe to, or it's the only narrative that we see. And that's that, oh, black women are catty and oh, crabs in a barrel and every, it's a competition. But you totally, one thing that you said that really resonated when we were at brunch, you said, you know, I don't want to be the only one at the top. Like, I don't want to be up there by myself. Like, I want us to be there together so we can we can talk about the journey, right? We can ex- expand and explore this this new journey together. So I really love and appreciate the fact that, I mean, even behind the scenes, it sounds like <laughs> that is really your essence. Like, you are all about helping other people. It isn't about competition. It really is about building the collaboration, right? And then building that community. Exactly. Because I'm sophisticated ratchet. Like, I want to be ratchet at the top with friends behind closed doors while we, you know, before we go into our, like, very, like, straight suit meeting. So, you know, it's... Sophisticated ratchet. It's exactly. It's really for my own interest. I think about our relationship with you, right? Don, remember in the beginning of our journey when we had those calls with Rookie? I don't know about you, but I've never had a conversation with with an attorney where it was actually fun. Like we were talking about Meg the Stallion and Cardi right. B and it's still professional. You know what I mean? Yes. And it just felt like, oh my gosh, this attorney actually sees us and gets the vision and the yes. excitement you had mm-hmm. about the ideas that we were sharing with you in private was just, it was so amazing. But I do want to take a step back and I want to share something I think we can all relate to. So although I've been in business technically for a decade, I was playing small for a very long time. Mm. And to be honest with you all and very transparent, I feel like where I am today, almost a decade after really starting my business and making money online, I feel like I'm finally at this point in my journey, like playing full out. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's there's room for improvement there, but I mean, I feel like I'm actually embracing the title of like CEO and businesswoman. And it took a long time to get there. I always shunned it. And I was like, oh, I don't want to oh my gosh, founder, CEO was so intimidating. What has your journey been like with imposter syndrome and what advice do you have for other women? Absolutely. And I love that you're bringing that to light, Terry, because I remember during the brunch, me talking about how it wasn't, I wasn't the one who named myself a founder per se. It was actually a really dear friend of mine who was also my business coach at the time who actually introduced me into the entrepreneurship world as a founder. I think she invited me to talk for her program. And I remember reading my bio and she said, Ricky Tajani is the founder and CEO. And I was like, whoa, that is, that is amazing. And it really helped me shift my mindset, but I've gone through a lot of imposter syndrome and I still do, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of spaces that I get scared of navigating, but I have to make sure that my purpose precedes my fears in the sense that if I am going to let my anxiety stop me from engaging a lot of diverse and social impact entrepreneurs, that means that there are that many social impact and diverse entrepreneurs who won't be able to unlock their purpose because I've decided not to. So understanding that, you know, every single day I may, you know, I have 
communities around me. I have friends around me. I have a partner. I have people who pray for me. I have people who support me in engaging this entrepreneurship journey every single day. And I also invest. I invest a lot of resources and a lot of funds into business coaching. I'm very much of the mindset that there's still so much to learn and I don't know what I don't know. So if I can have the expertise of someone who's literally studied and who's literally, you know, engaged the journey before I have, then I can, I can, you know, leverage their, their knowledge base to help me help my audience and help my potential clients in thriving. And I think the thing, just kind of on a related note, the thing that kind of helps me again, get over a lot of my imposter syndrome is really focusing on being of service. Once I realize, okay, I'm doing this for Terry, I'm doing this for Dominique. What is the best way that I can engage a service for a Dominique? What is the best way that I can engage a service for Terry? What would they find as helpful? I don't know if you remember during you know, some of our sessions together, I would actually ask you like, is this system good? Do you think this workflow is good? Do you think this automation is helpful to you? Because I can sit in my rumination and, and, and really let imposter syndrome get the best of me, or I can, I can, you know, be here to serve dynamic, amazing women like you and helping you achieve your impactful purpose. Oh, I mean, okay. I got to repeat it again for the people who missed it because you need to take notes because rookie, you just keep spitting bars, right? My <laughs> from purpose, you, you, you know what? You better go ahead and grab the <laughs> You better do it. My purpose precedes my fears. I think that that is when I sit with that, like as you said that and you just you just threw that in the conversation and kept going, right? And you, which which you do, right? Like you, I think that's one of the things that I immediately noticed is that you drop gems with E, right? Oh, shucks. Thank you. <laughs> and, and I think it comes from that genuine place that you said of wanting everybody to win, right? Mm -mm. And so you mentioned earlier about having a business coach. What would you say are some or who would you say are some of the key people that entrepreneurs, particularly our black women, what are some of who are some of the key people that we need to have on our team that most Ooh. of us don't realize that we need? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't say an intellectual property strategist or, or intellectual property attorney. One of the things that we often downplay at the beginning of our business journey is how valuable our contributions to the culture are. I've oftentimes heard of people who say, oh, I'm not going to go ahead and trademark this until I make my first $10,000 or until I get my first 10,000 followers. But what oftentimes happens is that, especially for black and brown people, I would say, is that our our fame is oftentimes not correlated with financial markers. Oftentimes we have things that go viral on TikTok, amazing things that go viral on Twitter. We shift the culture in a way that's not oftentimes financially measurable immediately, but make dynamic impact. 
So because of that, we oftentimes downplay, again, the value of our intellectual property. And we don't engage a conversation with an intellectual property attorney or specialist until it becomes too late. I oftentimes think of, you know, Meg Thee Stallion and Hot Girl Summer and how because by the time Meg Thee Stallion went ahead and filed a trademark for that brand, it was so commonplace that the USPTO gave a rejection after rejection after refusal after refusal by saying because everyone is using it, no one person can particularly own it. Now, because she lawyered up and leveled up, she was ultimately able to get, you know, approval for registration. But we can't say the same for brands like Black Lives Matter or LeBron James Taco Tuesday, because those brands were also things that became so commonplace because so many people were using it that as the USPTO said, no one person could own it. So I would say an intellectual property attorney or an intellectual property specialist is definitely a person that people, particularly Black women business owners, need in their corner because our our contributions to the culture are so dynamic. I believe we are the most creative and dynamic people unapologetically. I say this in every room that I navigate, no matter what the demographic makeup is. I think we are amazing people. And I think because of that, because our contributions matter, the protection and the ownership over our intellectual property should matter as well. Another person that I would definitely recommend is a bookkeeper. Like, you know, as a law firm, I'm, I'm held to significant ethical obligations. And, and one of those obligations is making sure that my funds don't commingle with each other. And, that, and it gets really complex, but essentially I need to make sure my money is right. And I don't always have time to make sure my money's right. So one person or one type of person I would recommend is definitely a bookkeeper. There are two resources that I mainly go to. Actually, I would say three, three resources that I mainly go to for that. One is bench.com or bench.co, which is a bookkeeping application or a bookkeeping tech tool where there is a dedicated team member really focused on making sure your numbers are reconciled every single month. And then another person is my dynamic bookkeeper who have, who's been rocking with me since day one. Her name is Nakandra Moran of Exceptional Tax Services. She is one of the hardest, amazing Black women tax people that I know. She actually used to work in the IRS, so she knows what she's talking about. And then another resource is the Small Business Development Center, where as a result of just like filling out an application and asking about a person who can help me with my financial resources, they gave me an advisor who was who could help me read a profit and loss statement, who could help me build a balance sheet, who can help me compare last year's quarterly revenue to this year's quarterly revenue, things that I didn't grow up really learning and knowing. So those are some resources that I would definitely recommend. Another one is a business coach. We can't free 99 our way to profit. We can't free 99 our way to significant revenue. And I think, you know, as much as we want to get the free workshops and get the free downloads and get the free, you know, the freebies, there's so much information and there's so much knowledge and wisdom that can, that you can have access to if you're willing to make that investment. When I first started Firm for the Culture, you know, I made a, a significant investment up upwards of about $10,000 to a business coach. Her name is Kimberly Bennett. She's Atlanta-based. She's a Spelman, Black woman, Spelman undergrad, lawyer. She, you know, she's, she, has, she has a psychology background, dynamic, systems-based. 
And I probably made that money back in less than a month after hiring her because she gave me so much access to so many resources that otherwise would have taken me a significantly longer time to really learn and acclimate and act and have access to. Another one is Titilaya Tanubu Ali. She's the owner of Own Your Expertise, which is an amazing dynamic coaching service that provides business coaching to a lot of Black women, top professionals. So people who are working in like some of in corporate America who decide, you know, I want to kind of leave corporate America or I want to figure out how to really have a sustainable side business. Titilaya Tanubu Ali with on your expertise is a great resource. There's so many more, but I'll like stop. (laughs) Okay. So if you are tuning in on Patreon, you'll see me looking all around. So I'm taking notes. Okay. (laughs) And I have a couple things I want to say. Rookie, you on point. Let me just say, so I, I messaged you a while back. I saw that Essence posted an article and they basically said Forbes names highest earning TikTokers. No black influencers or creators made the list, which we thought was just mind boggling because we see, like you said, black people really do make the culture. Like people really mm-hmm. follow the trends that black people create. However, sometimes it's co-opt, right? Mm-hmm. By non-black folks. And so one of the things you said was that sometimes you're able to copyright dance moves, which is something that's worth knowing, especially lady, mm-hmm. if you're listening and that's the round that you're in, it's important to know that like you can copyright and trademark certain aspects of your brand before it blows up. Right. So you can be prepared. Next, mm-hmm. you said, We can't free 99 ourselves to significant revenue oftentimes. Whoa. So sometimes we have to forego the bag or the shoes or the vacation and invest that in the business. Because a lot of times I feel like we be having the money to invest. We just don't want to invest it into the business per se. Or maybe I'm just speaking for myself. Maybe it's just my business I'm putting on blast because I was the person who would be like, oh, well, I'm going to Google and YouTube and do that and I'll pay for this shopping spree because I want to go do some retail therapy, but I won't do it for my business. Right. And so I learned that it's important to do that because of the access. So that's one thing. Absolutely. Another thing I was going to say, another thing you said was it's not (laughs) one of our last conversations. I'm just kind of going, you said it's not about, oftentimes it's not about how much it costs, but how much will it cost you not to make the investment? Uh And you said that when you're referring to trademarks specifically, because a lot of times if folks wait until the quote or the phrase or the song has gone viral, it's too big and too late and it's commonplace. And now you can't trademark it. You can't get that monetary investment off of the thing. You You can't get the bag. You can't get your coins. Like you can't because trademarks and intellectual property for the most part, it doesn't, at least trademarks, it doesn't protect creativity in the sense that if you're the first person that came out with something, you're automatically protected. Trademarks and, and to some extent, copyright and patent, it protects essentially the manifestation of your idea. So you can have this amazing storyline, but if that doesn't manifest into a book, then copyright is not really the place to protect it. If you can have this amazing brand that goes viral on, on TikTok or, or Twitter, but if you don't slap that on a shirt or if you don't slap that on a podcast or if you don't sell it in association with certain goods and services, then it's not something that can necessarily be protected by trademark. So yes, it's, it, you have to make sure that you're making the adequate investment so you can protect these things in the right way the first time. You know, I'm listening and I know that there some of the things that you shared, like I felt called out on. And then I know <laughs> that there are other listeners who are like, oh, I'm not doing this right. 
And I'm trying to go that free 99 route because I don't have it. Right. Uh-huh. But then. Well, first of all, pause. OK, so if again, lady, if you're watching us on Patreon, I just want to acknowledge how Terry just slick slide our one of <laughs> our items, our cultivating her space sister friend mug on and our cultivating her space pillow in the background. Wow. So I just want to say, lady, as you're listening to this episode, we will post the link for our merch so that you can make sure that you are fully equipped with all of the merchandise that her space cultivating her space has to offer. Now, back from commercial break. <laughs> so, when you think about people who are trying to scale and grow their business, right? What are some of the top tips that you would ha- that you would encourage business owners to pay attention to? Like what are some of the top things that you would you want them to focus in on to avoid some of the common pitfalls as they're trying to scale and grow? Oh, I love that question because it was it was one of the questions that I thought of when I started Firm for the Culture. I knew I wanted to scale. I knew I wanted to be known all around the country, if not the world. But I also knew I had relatively limited resources. So there were really three things that I focused on mindset systems and understanding the content of the services that I was giving to to my clients. So mindset was, I didn't want to go crazy. Entrepreneurship is oftentimes a solitary journey. It's one where you have to trust that something that you are building from scratch can ultimately be successful and provide you a sustainable income in a way that is, you know, in a way that can be replaced, in a way that can replace a a nine to five. And that's a lot. That's a lot of pressure, especially when rent is due, especially when your bills are due. So I knew I needed someone to help me with mindset. And to help me with mindset, I sought out the the resources of therapy. Therapy is a huge, huge part of what I continue to invest in day in and day out. I sought out the resources of my business coach. So she was the one that was able to help me really get into the right mindset, not only to stay grounded throughout the ups and downs of entrepreneurship, but to also understand that I could ask for the things that I knew I deserved when it came to providing high quality services. And then I also sought out the resources of my community. I leveraged my community. I joined a lot of entrepreneurship groups. I've joined a a lot of entrepreneurship communities. I joined a lot of local entrepreneurship communities. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. Cultivating Her Space is definitely one of those dynamic podcasts that I've listened to. And being able to connect with dynamic founders like Dominique and Terry has helped me stay grounded in times where the journey could be lonely. So that was one thing I really focused on the mindset. And then in terms of the systems, I knew that you know, just coming from a tech kind of background where I worked in the Silicon Valley and served and and worked for a lot of the the biggest tech companies 
in the world. So we were engaging their patents. We were reading their patents. We were getting into the nitty gritty of their tech tools. I knew that I wanted to kind of be like them to some extent while still providing high quality intellectual property services at a flat fee accessible price. So I knew that in order to provide the flat fee accessible price intellectual property services that I knew I wanted to, I needed to have really, really streamlined tech tools. So Again, this is where the investment really made the, the, the difference. I worked with my business coach who also, you know, happens to run a conference for lawyers who seek to engage their services with more tech tools incorporated into their systems. So she was able to give me a lot of great insight in the beginning to really focus on maybe two or three core tech tools that I could use to automate workflows, to automate emails, to automate processes and systems, to build out elaborate processes that allow, you know, a particular client to get notified at any particular point in the trademark application process or any other process in a service that we provide to them. So systems was definitely the second. And then the third one was having knowledge. I'm a lawyer. So at the end of the day, I can talk a good talk, but if I don't know how to advocate adequately on behalf of my clients, then my bar, my bar license can be taken away. And essentially the services that I give to the clients can essentially go to, go to shreds to, to some extent. So understanding intellectual property, constantly investing in what's called continuing legal education courses, reading a lot of books about trademarks and the nuances of trademarks, and then also challenging myself to provide resources and information that talked about the intersectionality of trademarks and, and, and culture, trademarks and diversity trademarks and, and people showing up in spaces that historically have not been really given resources was something that was going to be important to me if, if I was going to be the person that would make a name for myself and become a subject matter expert. So mindset, systems, and content were the three things that I would encourage anyone to start to focus on if they have to like, if they have limited resources. I love how you put a pretty bow on that answer and you like circle back around to give us the overview. You just, you just gem dropping. So thank you so much for that. Rookie. <laughs> I will say Dr. Dom and I have, you know, we had some personal struggles behind the scene because we personally wanted to offer merch to our audience because we have an inspiring podcast. It inspires us, right? And if we get mm -hmm. feedback from listeners, but we wanted to also have merch that displayed the image and the vibe. And we were struggling to find a provider. We found, we, we, went with one platform and when we ordered the products, we were like, oh, it just didn't do it for us. And we didn't yeah. want our listeners to go and buy this product that looks great digitally. But then when you get it, you're like, girl, this uh -huh. rookie shirt. So that we is. came to Rookie, y'all. And we were like, Rookie, can you help us? What should we do? And you introduced us to Threadless. And so that's mm -hmm. where we got this amazing pillow, the Her Space, Cultivating Her Space podcast pillow, Ooh. and also our Cultivating Her Space podcast mug we have journals all that good stuff so lady you can go to our website herspacepodcast.com and you can click on the link there to to get your own merch because we have all of our merch it looks amazing so threadless is the site that you introduce us to rookie can you tell us about three of the most helpful programs or resources that have helped you achieve your goals like let's call out some of these tech tools that other people <laughs> need to know about of course of course and i and another reason i Love Threatless is also just from an intellectual property perspective. That website makes it really, really super easy for us to grab 
evidence or specimen to show that you're utilizing your brand in association with the goods and services for which you're applying for registration. So I don't remember exactly how I came across Threatless. I think it was another client of mine. And I just, you know, took note of that, kept it in my back pocket. And whenever someone was selling merch or wanted to sell merch, I would just oftentimes introduce the client to that resource. So I'm really glad that it's helping you scale your impact. So there's quite a few resources. And I, and I have to be honest, I couldn't narrow it down to three. So I'm going to really, really try. And if I you know, go off on a tangent, please stop me. But one resource that I've really just come to love and adore is this program or initiative called the Inclusivity Project. And if you're California-based, the Inclusivity Project connects Black entrepreneurs and Black-owned small businesses and oftentimes underserved and socially disadvantaged communities with lifetime business mentorship and access to capital investment to start their very own business or take their existing business to the next level. And they really are the real deal. They are sponsored by the Small Business Development Center, and you'll actually find a Small Business Development Center in every state in the United States. But what I love about the Inclusivity Project is that they really do pair you with dynamic advisors who are at the top of their game in their particular field. So when I applied to the Inclusivity Project, I think the application took like 10 minutes. It didn't take long. They asked me a few questions about my business. Everybody that I've recommended gotten in, got in. So like go ahead and go to Inclusivity Project, Google it, and you'll find it. And once, you know, I applied, I got a call about a week or so later. They asked me a few questions about my business. They asked me what I needed. And at the time, I'll be frank, I didn't know how to hire. I thought I knew how to hire. That was really bad. I had a <laughs> I crashed and burned a couple of times. So I said, you know, I don't know how to hire people. So if I can have somebody that can really teach me the ins and outs of hiring, that would be great. I think about a week later or two weeks later, they paired me with an advisor who had expertise in human resources. And y'all, like not just expertise in human resources, like she teaches a class on human resources at a local college. So she knew what she was talking about. And long story short, in about two months, she helped me not only build out a significant hiring process and workflow, but she also helped me build out a really robust onboarding process that wowed my team members when they, when they finally got hired. So the Inclusivity Project is definitely a resource that I would highly recommend. Another resource is the Tory Burch Foundation. The Tory Burch Foundation is an amazing resource that offers free webinars and free workshops on all aspects of business, from legal to marketing to sales to website copy. They have free webinars on their YouTube channel, and they have a really, really robust and helpful Instagram channel or Instagram page. I've been really, really blessed because I'm actually a Tory Burch fellow. And as a result of being a Tory Burch fellow, I'm one of 50 women who are chosen every year and given dynamic resources by all of these amazing experts and also given a $5,000 grant to, to use in my business in any meaningful way. So that's also an amazing resource. Another resource, frankly, is your podcast, <laughs> Dominique and Terry. Like as I've been going on this meandering journey to purpose, being able to listen to your podcast every couple of weeks has really been amazing to me. I still remember Dr. James Waltley and I, the sex therapist who made me feel so safe and seen when it came to talking about sex, relationships, and intimacy. And as a church girl, like we've never had talks about sex, relationship, and intimacy growing up where I grew up. So being able to have that access to that dynamic resource was, was helpful to me. 
or getting the relationship that you deserve with Alyssa Wellington. I think she's a New York girl just like me. I'll give you a quick story. As a result of listening to that podcast episode, I was kind of talking to this person, but not really talking to him. You know how that go. And essentially, I stopped that com- I stopped that conversation dead in its tracks. And less than two weeks later, I found the person who I've been with for a year now. So definitely listen to your listening to your podcast has been a dynamic resource to me as well. So I have a lot more, including a lot more tech tools, but I can share them after I like I take a breath. <laughs> You came through with oh the receipts, gosh, okay? She yes. said not just like the podcast, but like here, this episode. These did episodes, okay. check it out. Yes, yes, I love it. I love it. I love it. Absolutely. No, I love it. I love, like, I love sharing these resources. And then I also have some tech tools. So I can share them if you want me to as well. I have everyday tech tools that I use. But one thing I'll say when it comes to tech tools, because there's so many different tech tools out there and it can be overwhelming. So one thing I encourage anyone to do before they jump into the 511 tech tools that are available, you want to ask yourself, like, what would make your job or the service experience to your clients more streamlined? If you're providing, you know, products to your clients, what would allow you to ship out things on a quicker basis, right? Or if you're providing services to your clients and that includes like hopping on coaching calls with them or sending them emails, what would allow you to send often, you know, emails that you send over and over? What would allow you to automate those emails or what would allow you to have a robust workflow? So all you have to do is press a button rather than reinvent the wheel over and over and over. I think asking yourself those questions and then going out into your community and asking for the resources that will really help you streamline your client experience or streamline your business will be really, really helpful and prevent you from having shiny ball syndrome. So a couple of resources that I've used on a daily basis, I would say one is called Write Inbox. And I love Write Inbox because it's an email add-on tool that I have been using heavy for the last couple of months with Write Inbox. And mind you, none of this is sponsored. This is just all (laughs) tools that I love. With Write Inbox, you're able to schedule emails in advance, which is something that you can do with Gmail. But the kicker is you're also able to remind yourself on when certain emails have been sent such so much so that, for example, if I send an email two weeks ago, it's a pitch to a podcast and they don't get back to me. You know, oftentimes I would have to make a quick note to myself, maybe on a piece of paper that I may lose to remind myself, oh, get back to this person because they didn't get back to you. Right. But with right inbox, you can actually set a reminder to bring the email right back to the top of your inbox two weeks later so you can follow up right in time. I use that oftentimes for my trademark clients, specifically if, you know, they're really, really busy and they may not have gotten our first email. I will send a reminder back to my inbox maybe one week later to remind myself, to remind them to, to get their trademark papers to me. And that's been a dynamic tool that I've been using and it's amazing. Another resource that I use is called Loom. I love Loom because it allows me to save time by not having to attend a bunch of meetings. And Loom is an awesome tool that allows you to record and share video messages of your screen, your camera, or both. So when you want to show someone something better than you can tell them, I oftentimes use a Loom video. So one example is, you know, oftentimes we get clients who ask us about updates in their particular case. Now, it's really easy to write a really long, sometimes boring email about what's going on in a case, or you can show them. 
And what oftentimes I do is I may pop up a Loom video and I may show them their process at the United States Patent and Trademark Office by video, which allows them to actually see where they are in the process, what we've been doing to help them with the process. And it saves them time because they don't have to book a call to get all this information. So clients really, really love that tool. So those are a couple of the the tech tools that I use on a day-to-day basis. I just want to say that, you know, as you're talking about these tech tools, I'm like, as you were saying that, I was like, yeah, there's been a couple of times where we didn't respond right away. And we got one of those, (laughs) we got one of those emails a week later to remind us. (laughs) And we've gotten the, we've gotten the videos explaining something that you did for us or like how to use this, the client portal that we were, (laughs) we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) And And you helped us out with that. So yes, we have, we are witness to the, the, the usefulness of all of those tools that you mentioned. Oh, I'm so happy. Yay. Because <laughs> the goal is to really, pro- like you, you ladies are busy. Like you have families, you have work, you have jobs, you have all, you have a life. So to the extent that we can utilize tech tools to make your client experience more robust and more streamlined, then we can do that. And it's not going to cost me, you know, sleepless nights writing in my notepad, get back to Terry and Dominique on this day. You know, it's just a, it's, it's an automation that goes right into my inbox when I need it. I love it. I'm going to share a few more tech tools in the after show. So lady, make sure you tune into the after show, but rookie, I want to ask you about something that can be really challenging before Mm. we shift up the energy of the conversation. So why do you think it's important to hire fast and fire faster? And what tips do you have for letting people go? Because I know I've had to let people go in the past. It's not easy at all because you're impacting someone's livelihood, right? But you're also trying to, you know, focus on your business and what's best for your business. So that is a process that has definitely been a learning experience. But why do you think it's important to hire fast and fire faster? <laughs> it is such a learning experience. And it's one I'm still learning. Like I, and we talk about this often. Like we talk about the, the various books I read about hiring, all of these podcasts that I listen to and like just to try to become a better leader because I do feel like, you know, every time I let a person go or every time I hire somebody, it's an opportunity to learn how I can lead better. But hiring slow and firing fast or hiring fast and and firing faster is important because when you're a small business, you don't have the luxury of accommodating someone who's not doing the job. You know, maybe at a big law firm like I was at before I started Firm for the Culture or maybe a huge company like like Coca-Cola or Salesforce, you could probably get away with like maybe, you know, not having a person who is doing, you know, the best 100% of the time. But when there's only one person who has the responsibility for handling emails or when there's only one person that has the responsibility for editing your podcast or there's only one person that has responsibility for handling your social media account, you know, if things fall through the cracks, that hurts your business and that hurts your bottom line. There is no other person to do the thing that that person has been given the specific responsibility to do. So I would say when it comes to hiring, really be intentional. Yes, it's, you know, it's easy to hire fast and maybe on, on task, on specific, you know, time limited projects, it may be good to go to an Upwork, it may be good to go to a Fiverr, it may be good to ask your general community if you can hire independent contractor to engage that specific task. 
But when it comes to your long-term sustainability, really thinking about not only who can do the specific task at hand, but who can actually help with your business, who can actually help your business grow, who can actually help your business get to the next level. That's really something that you want to consider as you continue to grow in your impact. So, you know, when it comes to hiring people, ask people, why do they want to work for your organization? You know, what tools do they bring to the table? Where do they see the business going in a couple of years? Take your time because the hiring and firing process can really deplete you, not only just financially, but emotionally. Because I can't tell you how many times I've just wanted to go under my covers and put and put the sheets over my head when it, when I had to let yet another person go because all that work that they were supposed to do was now put back on my plate in order to get done. And I don't, and you know, and I, and I come with excellence. So I need to make sure that this work is done, whether it's done by them or me, it's going to get done. Right. So when it comes to firing, I would say a good tool to use, whether it's hiring or firing is, is LastPass. I really like LastPass because it allows third parties and independent contractors to get access to your systems by virtue of you sharing encrypted tech keys with them without sharing your password. So I may share a LastPass with, you know, a social media manager to have access to my Instagram. They'll be able to log into Instagram or log into other social media platforms without actually knowing the password to such platforms. And that's amazing because if it becomes time to fire them or let them go, all I got to do is go into my LastPass portal and delete or revoke their access without having to change the password every single time I hire or fire someone. So one thing that I've learned to do when it comes to firing someone, especially when it comes to using LastPass, is maybe like the day or two before, or maybe a couple of hours before you, you're deciding to let somebody go, you know, take away their LastPass access because everybody's really nice until you tell them that they don't have a job anymore. So, so making sure that, you know, you are protecting the confidentiality of your firm, the confidentiality of your resource by slowly removing and revoking access is going to be important. And then, you know, offering to either have an exit interview or an exit conversation, thanking the person for their time and letting them go and making sure that, you know, they've given back everything that they may have had access to if there are certain documents that they've made that have have had access to making sure they give that back to you. So essentially in the grand scheme of hiring fast and firing faster, make I think making sure that you can quickly give and remove access is going to be important as you scale. So you know how we are, right? We love black people. We love our people. We want to support, yes. right? And lady, as y'all listening, you ever have an experience where you, you're like, you know, I'm going to support this black owned business. Boom, boom, yeah. boom. We're going to do it. And then you're like, bro, where the fuck is the stuff that I order? Or you're like, Hello. yo, the customer service is trash, y'all. Hello. When we want to support one another, because it's happened so many times. Like, it's happened quite a few times. And I've heard that sometimes it's because there are white companies that have a bit more resources that they can dedicate to customer service or whatever it is, right? Or some people maybe just weren't taught, y'all, what do we do when we want to support our community, but when the quality or the customer service is lacking and we need, we our, our standard is excellence, right? Like, what do we do in that situation? Because it's a trick one. Ooh, my right? higher self? Okay, yes. What is your higher I mean, self? Saying? You know, I can't, you know, it's interesting. Ideally, I want to be a Yanla to everybody and have them lay on my bosom <laughs> and like really mentor everyone. But it's hard. It's hard, you know, yeah. and 
One of the things, and I'll just kind of be really real, like I've hired people of color, I've hired white people, I've hired all types of people. So I don't think this is anything that's particular to any particular, you know, race or or demographic. We just, I'm just very intentional about hiring like black and brown people. So I happen to experience it more with black and brown people because I happen to hire more of them. But what I will say in terms of my experience I do my research on every business that I happen to come across before I'm investing my coins in them. And what I mean by that is like, I'm looking at their social media platforms. I'm looking at how they're showing up online. I'm looking to make sure that they have no complaints with the Better Business Bureau. I'm asking for people who have maybe paid for their services. I may be connecting with them, connecting with the past clients or the past service recipients on LinkedIn, asking if I can have a call with them. Like I'm very, very intentional about just making sure that my investment goes far. Is it always foolproof? No, because, you know, there are times where, you know, you just want to make sure that you're investing in these businesses, specifically businesses that look like yours. But I think if nothing else, the thing that motivates me to do all this research is the fact that I have a responsibility to my purpose and I have responsibility to my clients. And if my, if the service providers and the vendors are providing shoddy or mediocre work, then that compromises my ability to provide excellent services to my clients. Like I come from dynamically privileged places where excellence was just the standard. Like I, when I studied for the California bar exam, it was not uncommon to like still work a full-time job while studying for the hardest bar exam in the country which I did and passed the bar exam on the first try. It's just like, this is kind of like what we do. So I knew that like when I, when I started Firm for the Culture, I wanted to bring this level of quality to black and brown and s- business owners and social entrepreneurs without having them pay $700 per hour, which was my billable rate when I was at this law firm. So I knew that the way that I had to do that was by demanding excellence of everybody who came, who had access to me and my business. That means demanding excellence of my team. That means demanding excellence of vendors. And if unfortunately that can't be achieved, then it means departing in love and going to the vendor who can, de- who can go rise to that standard. Like you see, Terry, Dominique, you see our forms, you see our services. Like we are very intentional about making sure that you have high quality services, that you have a streamlined platform experience. And that is because I've been given privilege and to, to access these top quality places. And I refuse, I refuse to lessen that quality simply because now my clients are more likely to look like me. I can't, I won't. So because I won't, no one who has access to me is allowed to do that as well. I love that. So it's like, well, if the quality is the same, that's how I am. If the quality is the same, right, then I'm usually going to go black. But if it's like, if something's lacking, then it's like, okay, we got to make some adjustments. Dom, you said something about your higher self is going to say something. What would you say for this <laughs> scenario? It is a, it is a tough one. <laughs> you might need it to teach me, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> but I think you touched on it, right? Like that mm-hmm. you, t- you did touch on it in terms of like, if this is something that a service that I'm investing in for my business, then my higher self is going to have a conversation with them around what my expectations were. And then I might also, at my highest self, get curious around what may be happening with them. 
right? Mm-hmm. Because if it's our, particularly like when it's us, if there's something that's happening with them that's preventing them from providing the services that I need and that they promised, then I want to be able to give them that feedback so then they can improve. And maybe I'm probably going to send them to rookies so that you can get them together with all the resources that they need to yeah. be to be better. <laughs> and so I think I want I want to when it's us. I will say something. Now, if it's just the restaurant that I'm going to for dinner, then okay, I probably not I'm probably not going to say much. And but I just won't return there. And yeah. if someone asks, I'll I'll tell them what my experience was. Yeah. But no, I for think sure. When it comes to the business, like you said, like you have to be willing to speak up because it's going to reflect through you when customers come to you. Absolutely. And I think it's a balance. I think, you know, I think like everything, you have to have discernment as to whether to give feedback. There are times where I don't give feedback because my self-care and my radical grace to myself is more important in that in that instance than trying to give somebody feedback, especially if they're not necessarily receptive to it at that point. So oftentimes what I've learned to do is I ask someone if they're willing to receive feedback because just like I literally mind the business that pays me, I mind my business. Like I, I mind my business until somebody explicitly gives me permission to get up in their business, essentially. So I will ask someone, hey, are you open to feedback? And it's at that moment that I may get feedback, whether, again, it's a loom video or Mm -hmm. whether it's a phone conversation. But I think, you know, like everything, there has to be, you know, discernment and also a balance. Like I can't, I told you, I'm not a Yala. Like I can't, not everybody is my beloved. Like I'm not out here. (laughs) I'm not out here just giving feedback willy nilly. And also there are resources. Dr. Dom, you're a therapist. People pay you to tell them about themselves, right? So like, you know, there are definitely resources that people can go to and I do have some free resources for that too. Like if you want to, if you want some therapy, the Potter's house gives free mental health services. So anyways, there are free and low cost resources to get together per se as well. I love it. Thank you so much for, you were just, you're the truth. And at this point in the conversation, you've dropped so many gems. You've given us so much already. We want to shift up the energy. So you already know what's about to happen. Okay. <laughs> so. Because we recognize, appreciate, and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie, classy, and ratchet, okay? And we know that you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music. We've probably all done it together, right? We want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. So do you take on the challenge? Absolutely. It would be my honor. Hey, okay, okay. So here's what's about to happen, Rookie. We have three questions for you. We have three sentence completions. And then we have three photos from your Instagram. Okay, pull it up on another screen. And we want you to choose a number between one and three. And we're going to choose, we're going to show you one of those photos. And what we want you to do is provide more context. Tell us what we wouldn't know about this photo just by looking at it. And then we're going to finish off. Okay. Are you ready? I'm a little scared, but okay. I'm going to pass it back to Dr. Dom to take it off. (laughs) I'm excited. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So we're going to keep it. Well, the question 
is going to be classy, but you can be ratchet if you want in your answer. So what's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? I think access costs sacrifice. So there are dynamic, amazing, like very, very high powered people that I've had access to, but it was not as a result of like sliding into their DMs, right? Like it was really as a result of paying to go to their conferences or investing in their services. And I think once you invest in somebody's services, you actually show them, I am willing to support you, which makes them a lot more open to pouring back that support. So I think the best advice that I've ever received was access, cost, sacrifice. Access requires sacrifice. Beautiful, beautiful gem. All right, rookie. Now I have four words for you. Okay. 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 You going to twerk or you going two step? Okay, twerk or two step? Ooh, you know, I have to twerk. I have to twerk. It's been a- <laughs> It's been a good year so far, you know, I survived COVID. So we got to We got to twerk it for the culture. Okay. Twerk it for the culture. Okay. okay. (laughs) Now, while you over there twerking for the culture, what sexy item are you going to wear? What's the sexiest item that you own? Booty shorts. Like... We talked about this. I need I need the cultivating her space podcast to come out with the booty what? shorts very soon. What? Please let me know you, if Threatless has that because as as that happens, we got you. you know I have you know I have Nija I have Nija jeans so you know Ooh, you've been working my blood. out too. <laughs> I mean small small little little. I'm trying to be humble now. I'm trying to be humble. I can't. <laughs> so so I love it. I mean, booty shorts. Booty shorts. Okay. <laughs> we'll take it. We love it. Ain't it. You know, ain't nothing like a good pair of booty shorts, okay? Exactly. Ain't nothing like a good <laughs> pair of booty shorts. All right, Rookie, we're going to move on to our sentence completions, okay? So here's your sentence completion. One question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is... Relationships. Ooh. Yeah, I would say relationships. I've learned a lot about I'm actually giving like I think like a workshop on relationships very soon which is interesting but yeah so I've learned a lot about relationships so by birth by background I grew up in a single parent household like domestically abusive environment and definitely did not have a healthy take on relationships at all but through a lot of coaching a lot of therapy a lot of investment and resources, I think I have a significantly healthier perspective on relationships and I'm privileged to be in a very healthy relationship. So I would say relationships are definitely the thing that I wish people asked me about more because I have some things to say. Okay. I mean, you you set yourself up there. Oh, so. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the most important thing that we should all pay attention to in relationships? I would say for me, whether they really align with your core values. Like I think, and I'm sure like, you know, we're not, I'm not the only one in this conversation that's in a relationship, but I think the thing 
that has been really, really important for me as I've dated, as I've talked to people is like, are you aligned with my core values? And my core values include like integrity and growth and God and all that great stuff. And, you know, as much as I thought, oh, this is not a big deal. We can just talk about it later. It really is a big deal. And it's something that you revisit over and over and over again in a way that can really disrupt a relationship rather than simply forming a foundation upon which you build your life. So I would say really having your core values in alignment with each other are going to be important. Like you can you can disagree on whether, you know, you like Snickers versus Twix. You can disagree on whether, you know, you prefer nachos versus hot dogs in the movies. But if your core values are not aligned, it's just going to be really hard to have a sustainable relationship. That is a great piece of advice. And we have one last sentence completion for you. Yes. And this sentence completion is what I love most about myself is. I'm very resourceful. Like I, I am. And that's something that I think I'm really just stepping fully into. I used to be so nervous about being the person who could drop like 10 or 20 resources but I've just, all, I think the way I've gotten to where I've gotten was really by being a researcher. Like I love researching. It's something that served, that continues to serve me as an attorney. But not only do I research for like legal precedent and arguments that could help our client's case, but I also research for resources. I mean, I also research for resources. I research to, for things that help me, for things that I can read, for things that can help me grow. So I think being resourceful is something I really love about myself. We love it. We love it. And Rookie, we just want to, you know, we want you to choose a number between one and three. So we can pull up this photo from your IG and you can tell us, you know, what's going on. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The nervous. I'll choose two. I'll choose two. Two? Okay. Let me pull up number two. Hopefully it's not me talking or anything. It's not, but I'm so glad you chose this picture because this is just so cute. You serving face, oh. lips, all that. <laughs> okay. Lady, you got to go to Patreon yes. to check out this, this picture. Tell us what's happening here. I what love that people? photo. So, okay. So I just celebrated my first year in business and my a friend of mine who is this awesome photographer, she agreed to engage a second photo shoot with me so at the time you know I had just a regular turtleneck shirt I didn't have a red lip I didn't have my glasses I didn't have anything and she's like this awesome white woman and really sweet I actually know her husband because we used to work together at the law firm that I used to work at and like a few photos before that I'm super super nervous I'm taking all of these like you know, play small photos. I'm trying to look kind of cute and quaint. And then she decides around that time to put on Beyonce Black is King. She blasts it. She gives me red lipstick. And she's like, you are firm for the motherfucking culture. You better work. (laughs) Okay. Yes. I love so that. At that point that I put on the red lip, I put on the glasses. And this is the this is the beautiful thing about just having dynamic allies, right? Put on yes. the red lip, put on the glasses, 
have Beyonce blasting in the background and I was taking pictures like it was nobody's business. So yeah, that was a really fun one. What a cool story behind that. And you were just serving boss ass bitch right there. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry, but you, yeah. you surfing, girl. Yeah. I gotta let you know. Just a little bit. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And so, Rookie, you know how we do. We know, you know, we mm-hmm. love being around you. We love our our attorney client meetings or like Terry said earlier, are not like what we most would think an attorney <laughs> client meeting would be. <laughs> and we want our listeners to be able to connect with you. We want our listeners to level up their businesses and trademark their ideas. So where can our folks find you? Absolutely. And I should also note the feeling is mutual. It's such an amazing privilege to, you know, have you as my clients. I say just the tenacity, the determination, the amazing like boss assness that I see in both you, Terry and Dominique has just been inspirational, dynamically inspirational. So thank you for giving me the privilege to to help advocate on your behalf. So where people can find me, you can go to firmfortheculture.com, firmfortheculture forward slash book. If you want to book a call with us, you can go to my LinkedIn. You can, we have a Firm for the Culture page. You can also find me on LinkedIn. I love connecting with people on LinkedIn. So Rukayatu to Johnny, we can have, I can have the show note. I'm sure you can have the right spelling in the show notes. You can also connect with us on Twitter at firm number four, the culture. That's firm number four, the culture. And we give a lot of free and low cost education. A lot of people call us the Tom Shoes of legal services in the sense that for every client that we pay, for every client that pays us, we actually give a free or low cost legal education workshop to diverse and social entrepreneurs. So we have quite a few coming up this year. So if you want to get a free ticket, feel free to reach out to us, go to firmfortheculture.com and you can get access to our workshops that talk about not only brand protection, but brand monetization and brand ownership. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Rookie. Thank you. Uh, I love this. Thank you. Hey, lady. It's Terry here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. I'm hosting a free podcasting masterclass where I'm going to teach you how to create your impactful podcast and how you can generate multiple streams of income. You can visit podcastwithterry.com to register for free. I hope to see you there. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at cultivatingherspace.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. What's meant for me will never miss me. I don't have to chase.